uh, you know, we came home and it was a very alone feeling anyway. Uh, you know, nobody went to the hospital with me. Uh, it was just she and I. And, and, you know, a hospital is a very cold, sterile environment anyway. And so I, I go to the hospital and my wife's laying on that bed and she's all alone and it's just cold and sterile. And, you know, she had had this procedure uh, done. And uh, the point is, is that, you know, we felt very alone. We drove home alone, uh, just the two of us. We, I, I didn't know what to say. She didn't know what to say. And, uh, uh, you know, we ended up getting something to eat on the way home. And then once we got home, it's, it, we're still alone. Uh, our kids were visiting their grandmother. And uh, it's just she and I. Well, she's tired from the procedure. She is, is emotionally drained. I'm emotionally drained. And I'm telling this story for a reason. And I'm sitting there at the, the, uh, the bar that we had in the apartment that we lived in. And now this was back in the day when you had a phone on the wall. Okay? And the phone rang, and I answered the phone, and it was the minister of the church that we were attending. And, and they were trying to be uh, consoling and comforting, and I understand that, and I appreciate that. But the statement was made that, you know, we don't understand why God allows these things. We don't understand why God allows these things, all right? So, in other words, we don't understand everything that God allows. Because, you know, you never know what God might do. So, when someone says, we don't know why God allows it, it's like he's working in partnership with the devil. God allowed the devil to do this. All right? But notice something. The Lord is on my side. All right? The Amplified Bible says the Lord is on my side and he takes my part. So God's not working with the devil or working with other people to oppose you. God is on your side and he's among those that will help you. Glory be to God. Well, that's shouting ground. God is for me. So that means God's never going to do anything that's harmful to me. God's never going to do anything that is, 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 is hurtful to me. God is for me. Glory to God. See, God's not a condemner. God's not a fault finder. God's not picking at you. God's not bringing trouble into your life to see how you'll respond. I've heard people say that. Well, God brought that problem just to see how you'd respond or to see how so-and-so would respond. That's not how God works. God doesn't bring problems to you just to see how you're going to respond to it. God doesn't bring tragedy into a person's life to see if they'll respond correctly or if they're really for him. That's not how God works. Why? Because I know that because John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, verse 16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. You got to quote the next verse. And God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God's not a condemner. God's not a fault finder. He's for you. When 
when someone wants to condemn you or find fault with you, they're not for you. God's not finding fault with you. The Bible says he's pleased with me. The Bible says I've been accepted in the beloved. Do you see this? In 2023, God is for you. Glory be to God. Amen. Now, now we couldn't talk about that without going to Romans 8. <laughs> Romans chapter 8. God is for me. And, and see, therein lies the problem when someone, when someone makes the statement, you know, well, God allowed this. You know, God allowed it. And you just, you know, you never know what God's trying to work in your life by allowing that. Well, if, you know, especially if it's destruction, especially if it's uh, uh, death and stealing, killing, and destroying, then what we're saying is that somehow God got involved with the devil and, and was just okay with the devil stealing, killing, and destroying in my life. Well, God's not okay with that because Jesus made a sharp contrast between him and the devil. He said, this is what the enemy does, but this is what I came to do. Oh, hallelujah. Romans 8, 31, it says, What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Now, this is what this is, 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 is saying in reality. This is saying if God is for us, then it really doesn't matter who's against us. See, God's for me. Uh, Psalms 118 says God is for me. God is on my side. So if God is for me, it really doesn't matter who aligns themselves against me. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, but this person's against me. Yeah, but God's for you. Yeah, but the devil, yeah, but God's for you. Uh, this person disagrees, but God is for you. See, God is for me. Hallelujah. God is for me. In 2023, God is for me. Oh, glory be to God. Now notice verse 32, it says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him? Freely give us all things. Verse 33, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. The Amplified Bible says this, He who did not withhold or spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not also with him freely and graciously give us all other things? Now, this is, this is important to understand. I'm going to take a moment. I got a lot to get into, but I need to take a moment to hit this. If God gave up the very best he had, and he did, he gave up Jesus, then it is impossible for him to not also freely give us all other things. If he gave up Jesus, and he did, then it's impossible for him to not also freely give us all other things. If he gave up Jesus... He can't hold anything else back because we already have the Son. I already have Jesus. Oh, glory be to God. Anything that God would hold back, He'd have to take back from Jesus. And He's already given it to us. He can't hold it back. He can't, he can't give it to Jesus and then Jesus give it to us and God take it from us. He'd have to take it back from Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Why? Because he's for me. And then he says, who can bring a charge against you? Who will lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's a rhetorical question. He's saying, who can? Who can bring a charge against you when God has justified you? Who can do that? Even when you do wrong, God has still justified you. Oh, this is so important. God justified you knowing you would miss the mark from time to time. And he still justified you. He declared me to be righteous. He declared you to be righteous knowing that you would miss it, knowing that you would fail, knowing that there would be those times in your life when you would miss the mark. And he justified you anyway. So who can lay a charge against you? Hallelujah. Why? Because God is for you. God is for you. The whole message here is that it's not God that condemns you. It's not God that condemns you. Hallelujah. Notice what it says. It says in verse 34, it is Christ that died, rather that is risen again, who is uh, even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession. Notice, it's Christ who died. It's Christ who is risen. It's Christ who's at the right hand of God interceding for us. Have you ever thought about that? That Jesus is living to intercede for us. Jesus, that's what he does. That's his job, is to intercede for you and I. How can God ever be against us when Jesus is interceding for us? Hallelujah. Jesus, the Son of God, who went to the cross, who paid the price, went the distance. He went all the way. That places him in a very powerful position. That gives him a great deal of voice before the Father. He went all the way. He went the distance. He paid the price. And he's interceding for us. God is for you. God is for you. Now, I I, I must say this. The enemy will always come and tell you that you've done something that has set you at odds with God. Adam, when he failed in the garden, he set the whole human race at odds with God. The Bible says the human race had to be reconciled to God by the death of Jesus Christ. Well, then the question is, did Jesus die? If he died and shed his blood... For us, then we have been reconciled. There's nothing between us and God. God's for us. God's for us. Oh, hallelujah. Number two, God is with us. Look over in Psalm 23. Now, Psalm 23 is most generally a... uh, funeral scripture, but it's not wrong to read it there. I don't make light of that. Uh, Most of the time, uh, it's read at funerals because it's very beautiful, very, very, 
very, very beautiful psalm. But notice Psalm 23 and verse 4. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now notice, God is with me, God is with us all the time. All the time, God's with us. Hallelujah. And it says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that is not so much referring to natural death, although it can, it's not so much referring to natural death as it is referring to this. In our daily lives, we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death all the time. Meaning that spiritual death is all around us. All right? We live in a world that to a large extent is filled with spiritually dead people. And all day long, every day, you're walking around and encountering people that are spiritually dead. The walking dead. You know, we have, in, in the world, I, I've never watched any, any of these programs or movies, but in the world, it seems like there's this preoccupation with zombies and the walking dead and the living dead and these different things. Now, I've, I've never watched it. I know what it is, but I've never watched it. But, but the thing is, the undead, the living dead, all right, they're, they're walking around, they're moving, but they're not alive. I made mention of that on uh, uh, the Christmas Day message that I ministered, that there are people that, that don't have Christ in their life, and they think they're living, and they're not really living. They, they have no life because they're the walking dead. This, this spiritual death is doing everything that it can do to get on us walking in this life. But that death does not get on us because we've been made alive. You and I, we have been made alive by the Spirit of God, and the shadow of death is cast on us, but God is with us. Notice what it says. It says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but I will fear no evil because you are with me. So it's cast on us, but it doesn't get on us because he's with us. God is with us. Hallelujah. That's, that's how you can, the, the book of Philippians says that you can shine as a light in this wicked generation. That's why Jesus said that you're salt and you're light in the generation that you live in. And that you're such a light that you're like a city set on a hill and you cannot be hid. There's something different about a spiritually alive person walking through the spiritually dead world that we live in. It's not just that they look happy. It's not just that they look like their life is better. There's something on the inside of them that is intrinsically different from the living dead that's in the world. Not only do we have a hope of an eternal future, we have a hope of a victory in the day and age we live in. The spiritually dead have no hope. We have hope because God is with us. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Now, number three, we are never alone. 
we're never alone. God is for us. God is with us. And we are never alone. Oh, hallelujah. When I was a boy growing up in church, they'd sing the song, No, never alone. No, never alone. We're never alone. Hebrews 13, uh, verse 5 and 6. It says, let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man will do to me. The Amplified Bible says, I will not. I will not. I will not in any way leave you helpless or forsake or let you down. Relax my hold on you? Assuredly not. Notice that. See, God is not a fair-weather friend. Amen? I, I, I don't know if you've ever had a fair-weather friend, right? Somebody that was there with you, they were your buddy as long as everything was going well. But, you know, maybe you went through a problem or whatever, and, and you're looking around for them, and they had bailed. <laughs> They're gone. Amen? God is not like that. I, I, I won't go to these verses, but, you know, the Bible says that God is a sun. In other words, when you need the sun shining on you, he's there shining. And it says he's a shield. When, when there's things that you need protected from, God's there. In other words, when everything's good and sunny, God's there. When everything's tough and you're going through a challenge, God's there. He's blessing you and he's protecting you. Glory to God. Do, do you see that? Not a fair weather friend. He is with you in every situation that you face. I need you to see that. And I don't know who, who needs to hear that. But I know there's a reason God had me preach this message tonight. He is with you in every situation that you face. And here's the thing. He's not just there to pat you and hold your hand. You're going to be all right. You're going to get through this. No. God is with you to deliver you. Hallelujah. He's with you to deliver you. Notice there in Psalm 91. Psalm 91. I told you I had a lot of verses for you. Psalm 91. But we know where they're at, so we can flip to them real quick. Psalm 91 and verse 15. Notice what it says. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him, and I will honor him. So notice, God is with me, not to console me, not to pat me on the back, not to hold my hand, tell me it's going to be okay. He is with me to deliver me. Oh, glory to God. Amen. So my deliverer is with me. Oh, glory to God. So no matter what comes up, no matter what trap the enemy sets, no matter what tries to come out of nowhere, God will deliver me because he's with me. If he's with me, he'll deliver me. If he delivers me, he's with me. Glory to God. We sing that song in church, my deliverer. He's my deliverer. Hallelujah. Almighty all-power, protector, amen? 
He's my deliverer. Whatever I face, He's my deliverer. He's with me to deliver me. That's, that's why the psalmist can say, you might see situations where a thousand falls at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Why? Because the Lord that delivers me is with me. He's with me. Oh, hallelujah. Woo. Number four. He is beside us. Psalm chapter 16 and verse 8. See, God is not only with us. Now, uh, I know they can sound like the same thing. But, you know, you can be with me, but not beside me. In other words, for instance, uh, anyone in the auditorium tonight, you can be uh, right there with other people, but you're not right beside them. But you're with them. Notice what Psalm chapter uh, 16 and verse 8 says. I have set the Lord always before me. He is at my right hand. I will not be moved. Now, one translation, the, the New Living Translation says, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken. He is right beside me. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? I will not be shaken because he's right beside me. In, in other words, when you're facing a challenge, you don't have to look for God. He's right there beside you. He's right there beside you. Glory to God. Uh, so he's not only with us, he's right beside us. Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 11 Hallelujah. It says, The Lord is with me as a mighty, terrible one. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble and they will not prevail. They will be greatly ashamed, for they will not prosper. Their everlasting confusion shall never be forgotten. Now, that's wonderful. But the New Living Bible says, The Lord stands beside me like a great warrior. The Lord stands beside me like a great warrior. What does that mean? He's not just with us passively. He's there to do work. He's there to protect us. He's there to, he's there, he's there to preserve us in our goings in and our comings out. The Lord, the, uh, other, uh, other verses say, the, lo the Lord is on my side. Who can be against me? Hallelujah. Isaiah, Isaiah said, Isaiah said, where, where are my condemners? Come now. It says, let us, let, let's talk about this. The Lord is on my side. Oh, hallelujah. So he's not just with us passively. That's kind of the idea that sometimes people get, that God just kind of walks along beside you, and, and, and you know, he just kind of, kind of uh, uh, consoles you and, and tries to comfort you. Through things. But the Bible says in the book of Exodus, the Lord our God is a man of war. Do you see that? When Jesus appeared to Joshua before they were going to take Jericho and spoke to Joshua and told him 
that he had given into his hand, Jericho, the Bible says that Joshua looked up and saw Jesus and that Jesus was standing there with his sword drawn. And he said, I have come as the captain of the Lord's host. Glory to God. What was he there? He was there to do work. He was there to fight. See, Jericho happened because of their faith. The walls fell because of their faith. But there was supernatural assistance there. You understand? Why? Because notice, the Lord stood beside Joshua like a great warrior. The Lord is standing beside you right now like a great warrior. That's why no evil will befall you. That's why no plague will come near your dwelling. Because God is beside you. Oh, hallelujah. Number five, God is in us. God is in us. Notice in Galatians chapter 2. God is in us. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ. Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. So it's good to have God for you. It's good to have God with you. It's good to have God beside you. But Christ is in us. Christ is in us. 1 John 4, 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. Brother Hagin used to make this statement, that we had to become God-inside-minded. We had to be conscious of the fact that God is in us. That Christ is in us. The greater one is in me. I overcome today because the greater one is on the inside of me. Glory to God. And any challenge that occurs, anything that comes my way, I am well able to overcome it. You have overcome the world because greater, because greater, because great. You have overcome because you have overcome because greater is he in you than he that's in the world. That's good news. I got to be conscious of that. Why do I overcome today? Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. That means whatever weapon the world brings, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Isn't that interesting? How so many believers talk about the enemy, the devil. They talk about uh, 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 about the devil and, and our enemy. And they talk about what he's doing in the world and how hard things is. And the Bible says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Wow. That's why no weapon formed against you will prosper. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Oh, hallelujah. So think about that. A lot in 2023. God is in me. I'm God inside minded. Think about that. 
I'm conscious of the fact that he's in me. Right now, he's in me. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Glory to God. Uh, Number six, he is beneath us. Now, look at Deuteronomy 33. I don't mean beneath us in the sense of we're superior to him. Here's, I want to show you this. Deuteronomy 33. I've preached myself happy. It don't take much. Deuteronomy 33, 27. The eternal God is your refuge. And underneath, underneath you are the everlasting arms. And he will thrust out the enemy from before you and shall say, destroy them. Notice, the eternal God is your refuge. And underneath you are his everlasting arms. He's, he's, he's holding you up underneath you right here tonight. Wednesday night, the, the arms of God are underneath you. Isaiah 41.10 says, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. I will uphold you with the right hand. Right hand always denotes strength. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. We hear so much. We hear so much about how the world is unstable. I, I mean, I understand what people mean when they're saying these things. But you can't hardly turn on the television. You can't hardly turn on Christian television and not hear somebody talking about how unstable things is, how, are, how volatile things are, how unsure things are. If I had a nickel for every preacher I've heard say how unstable and unsure things were, let's just say I'd have a lot of nickels. Hallelujah. But the Bible tells us something here that we need to pay attention to. Our God is eternally stable. In in the instability of, of whatever times that a person may be living in or that we may be living in, underneath us are the everlasting arms and the right hand of God's righteousness. That means ever how unstable the times are, my times are stable. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, or excuse me, the book of Isaiah, that the word of God, that the wisdom from the word of God would be the stability of your days. Hallelujah. So when, 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 when I know that God is for me, that God is with me, that God is beside me, and God is holding me up, and God is in me, I have stability. I have stability. You know, the Lord told me one time, and I'll share it with you. He said, you can't afford to give too much attention, all right, to what people say are, is going on. Because there's an agenda. And I'm not, I'm not preaching politics. That's not what I'm doing. There's an agenda. There's a reason they're saying what they're saying. There's a reason. It could be that they believe it. It could be that they want to get their agenda across. Whatever it is. What do we constantly do? What does the Word say? Here's what the Word says. The everlasting arms are underneath you. Amen. 
We sing the song as a boy growing up in church. And I, I know I bring up a lot of songs. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarm. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. All right? I have the everlasting arms of God under me. Whoo, glory. And it says, he will uphold me with the right hand of his righteousness. And the Bible says something. It says the hand of God is never short. It's never shortened. In other words, it never grows weak. It never loses strength. God, 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 will all, God doesn't just hold you up when you're going through the bad times. God was holding you up when you faced the bad times. He was holding you up when you went through it. You got through it because God was holding you up. Glory to God. Your strength didn't fail because God's strength was in you. Your strength didn't fail because God was beside you. Your strength didn't fail because God was with you. Your strength didn't fail because God is for you. Oh, hallelujah. God is eternally stable. Eternally stable. That's such a, a, a comfort. To know that God's eternally stable. Everything that we see and say about God from the Word, God is eternally that. Now, number, uh, what was that, six? He's beneath us. Wow, we reached number seven already. God goes before you. Look at Psalm 139. Psalm 139, and uh, I'll read this from a couple different translations, but let's read it from the King James first. You have beset me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. The new King James says you have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. The New Living Translation says, you go before me, and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Glory to God. Now, I want you to get a hold of this. God is not going before you just in the sense that he's a few steps ahead of you. Well, you know, the Lord's gone before me. It says, God has hedged me in before, ahead, and behind. Now, this, this, this is maybe one of the most important points that we're going to make tonight. God can do this because God doesn't dwell in time. Now, sometimes we hear that and we think, uh, you know, I mean, I know I used to in church. Think, and I would think, well, yeah, okay, I mean, I understand, but, but, but think about this. Think about the fluidity of movement that you would have if you weren't bound by the constraint of time. Meaning, every one of us in attendance here, we are locked in this day, this Wednesday. 
Now, understand what I mean by this. I know you may have a planner. I have a planner. You may have a planner. And you can say, this is what I plan to do tomorrow. All right? But you can't be in tomorrow today doing it. You got to wait till tomorrow. God is not bound by those time constraints. Now see, this is when you really got to wrap your mind around the doctrine of God and God being who He said He is. He is eternal. That means two things. It means that He's always been and He will always be, but He has, He always exists presently but he exists in the same fashion in the future and in the past. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says that God can speak and call things that be not as though they were. Now, so he doesn't dwell in time. He's not hindered by the changing of the years. God lives in the eternal realm. And because of that, He knows the future like the past. All right, see, you know your past really well. But the future, not so much. Other than, I know it's going to be good, because of what God promised. But to navigate a path through the future, all right, I can look at my past and decide not to do things because I know my past. But my future, not so much. But listen, because God lives in the eternal realm, He knows the future like the past. He not only knows the future, He's been in the future. That means that God's already been through 2023. The one who is in me, the one that's beside me, the one who is with me, the one that's holding me up, has already gone before me and has full knowledge of what's ahead of me. He has full knowledge of what is ahead of you and what you're going to deal with. And he's already gone through the year 2023 and paved the path of victory for you. Already did it. He's already been all the way through your 2023 and made a pathway, a road, made a way in the wilderness, made rivers in the desert. He's already been there and already prepared a way for you. Already. Oh, hallelujah. He's walked through every situation. He's walked through everything that could happen that you may not know about. He's walked through everything that you may expect to happen, and he already knows it, and it's not going to happen because he's already been there. Do you see this? See, that's, that's why the world can say, this is what we expect. God's already been through what they expect, and he's telling you and I, that's not how it's going to happen for you because I've already been there. Glory to God. 
you know, God doesn't just show up. You, you understand what I mean by that? If, if we look at this and, and he's, he's, he's for us, he's with us, he's beside us, he's in us, he's before us and behind us. Here's what I mean by this. God doesn't just show up. He wasn't sitting on his throne and we went through a bad time. He said, oh, I better get there and just showed up. Right? He was there with us the whole time. The, right? And, 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 and what happened? The more you learn to acknowledge His presence and acknowledge Him being there with you, the more you saw quicker return. You saw quicker rescue. You saw quicker. And then you started seeing things being brought to your attention before they ever happened. And you were able to pray them out. And you were able to get ahead of the situation and stop it from ever occurring. Why? Because God knew it was coming and He put it on your heart to pray about it and He delivered you before it ever happened. Glory be to God. The world, and unfortunately a number of Christians, operate on the level of response. In other words, something bad happens and then they try to respond. A lot of Christians, something bad happens, and then they try to get God involved. But you and I, we know God's already out there. Already walked through 2023. Now think about that. People say, well, God knows everything. Then He knows everything that's going to happen this year. Listen, and if He knows everything that's going to happen, He already has a path for you around it. Right? And ever what happens, he's with you. He's beside you. He's for you. He's in you. How can you lose? Mm-mm. So he's already walked through it and marked a path for you to follow. Amen. You know, one thing I learned. About, about certain things. And, and I'm not a big uh, uh, hiker. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, uh, there's a small mountain in Little Rock I've climbed a few times, uh, a pinnacle mountain. But, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't do a lot of hiking in the woods. Uh, but I do watch the Discovery Channel. <laughs> right? And something that Pastor Michelle and I were watching this program the other night and it was about these people that were uh, uh, exploring the deepest cave in the world. It's in uh, Mexico. And, and just to give you some kind of idea, this cave was so deep that as they went into it, uh, you would get to a certain place. The, the last place that they were, it was so deep in that cave now watch, they were five days from the surface. Wow. All right? Well, you, you think, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, number one, I'm thinking, why would you do it? Right? I'm seeing guys squeeze through spaces that, like only an octopus could fit through. And I'm thinking, why would you do it? But here's the thing. Then I'm thinking, and Pastor Michelle even voiced this. I'm thinking, how do you know how to go back? Right? Well, then I saw them 
they had this, like this fluorescent, I don't know if it was tape or what it was, but they would mark the path. Right? God has already walked through your 2023 and marked a path for you to follow. I just got to look for the marking. Isn't that wonderful? And here's something else that I, that I believe will bless you. There is not one part of that path that turns into a brick wall. There's not one part of that path that drops off a ledge. Right? There's not one part of that path that ends with you worse off than you are right now. But you know what I know? There is, that path does lead you into greater. That path does lead you, oh yes Lord, that path does lead you into more. The Lord just said this to me. He said, there are people that I'm going to bless, there's going to be a reduction in their work, but there's going to be an increase in their blessing. I received that, Lord. How, how would that be? Reduction in hours, yet more money. Mm, I believe that. So there's not one part of that path that runs into a brick wall. Now, there's an interesting, this is our last point, but maybe it should have been eight things that God wants to do. But anyway, he's before you, but he's also behind you. Isaiah 52.12 says you will not go out with haste. All right? And it, and it says that the Lord, I, I better read that. Because I could quote it, but I want to get it exactly right. It says, you will not go out with haste, nor by flight, for the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your, the King James says, your rear ward. Your rear guard. In other words, he will gather you up. So not go out with haste means you're not going to run around scared. In other words, the devil is not going to have you on the run in 2023. Now think about that. So I'm not going to go through all the things, all the things that people could be worried about, all the things that people could be scared of. Folks, I need to share this with you. A news organization recently had a man on there that is a, uh, uh, a biologist. And he has been putting out doomsday prophecies since the 60s. And here's what I mean. In, like in, in, in the late 60s, he said that by 1970, there was going to be ever how many billion people die, and that was going to happen in America, 40s, Something million people were going to die. Never happened. Never happened. A little long, while later in the 80s, he said that by the year 2000, that the, the, the nation of Great Britain would probably not exist. Uh, all these billions of people, hundreds of millions of people were going to die. None of it happened. A leading news organization still had him lead off their 2023 reporting with his doomsday ideas. And nothing the man has ever said happened. All right? But there are people that are going to hear that and run around scared. 
Guess what? Not us. Because the devil doesn't have us on the run. I, I want to put your mind at ease. Th think about this for a moment. Now, now, people will hear this and they'll think, well, that's not a very comforting thought, Pastor. Hear me. <laughs> if you did lose your life in 2023, where are you going? You, you, there's no reason for me to be scared. Be because nothing can end badly for me. It ends up in glory. Now, that's not me taking chances or being foolish. But, but you'll hear all these doomsday things. Famine. All right? Uh, uh, shortages. In 2020 and 2021, we started saying that when the Lord said, when they say, and they talk about supply chain issues, we say, I do not expect to be affected. Is that right? I don't know about you. I wasn't affected. I'm still not being affected. Amen. The Lord said when they started talking about times of recession, right? We would say, no, not times of recession, times of refreshing. And we've been refreshed. Glory to God. I heard a report the other day that said the value of homes are, is not dropping, but the price of homes is dropping. If you will remember, the Lord said that in the days we're living in, He said to our church, He said, you're going to be able to pick up real estate at drastically reduced prices. The prices are decreasing. What does that mean? Perfect time for the church. Glory to God. So, he's been before us and planned the way, but he's not going to leave us. He's also behind us as our rear guard. How can we lose? We can't lose. Because God is for us. God is with us. God is beside us. We're never alone. God is in us. Oh, hallelujah. God's holding us up with his everlasting arms. And God is before us. Amen. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Lift your hands right there tonight. Just say out loud. Say, Father, I believe what I've heard today. And I put my faith in it. But I believe that you're with me and you are for me. And because of that, everything is going my way. In the name of Jesus. 
Thank you for joining us for this message. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or want to share how this message has helped you, send us an email at main at buildfaith.net. This message and many more materials are available to you free of charge, can be found at buildfaith.net or at any of our location media stores. As always, keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God.